Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. Today's inspiration is to let you know that you don't have to toil. To toil, which means to work extremely hard incessantly to the point of pure exhaustion, is what the dominant culture teaches and a pattern of living adopted by millions caught up in the hustle and the grind that says attainment and achievement is more important than anything else. But friend, God offers you a better way and he's giving you a special invitation through this broadcast to follow him down a path of tranquility, rest and fulfillment that won't leave you depleted, exhausted and unproductive. The question remains, will you accept his invitation? Welcome to this, your Monday, August 16th, 2021 edition of your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast. It is your friend and sister in Christ, Deanna Hobbs, bringing you the biggest smiles and the warmest greetings ever. Every time I get the chance to greet you through this podcast, it brings me special joy Our relationship is so precious, and I'm glad you're here and that I get to share words of life with you. Let me thank you for celebrating with me last week. Together, we rejoiced online, didn't we, that I am two years removed from the mini stroke and dozens of seizures triggered by an allergic reaction to an antibiotic that wiped out a lot of my dearest memories, threatened to paralyze me for good and left me fighting with a traumatic brain injury, PTSD, and extreme anxiety. Oh, but despite all I've been through, here I sit. God restored me 100% physically, and even with the challenges that do remain, He has given me abilities that baffle doctors because I should not be able to do the things that I'm doing right now based on my diagnoses. All I can say is look what the Lord has done. I've read your comments online, by the way, and cried and praised. You're just amazing. Thanks for following me on my new-ish Instagram that I started in May at I'm Deanna Hobbs and also on my longtime official Facebook page at Deanna.Hobbs. Thank you for loving me genuinely, praying for me earnestly and celebrating God's goodness with me. I love you dearly, and I also appreciate you sowing into this ministry. We help children and families who are hungry, in need of medicine and necessities like clean water, clothing, educational resources that some who are better situated in life take for granted. But most importantly, those we serve need the saving gospel of hope through Jesus Christ. And because of your financial gifts, We're able to provide these things. There's no gift too great or small. God gets glory through them all. God also gets glory when we get to hear about how he is blessing people through this very ministry. Daily Cut family, we received a powerful praise report from a wonderful member of our Daily Cut Faith family, Jerika in Washington, D.C., and uh, this is what she wrote. Two years ago, my brother was shot and killed by a group of gang members. 
I was tied up with a drug dealer and my family suffered because of it. I knew I didn't need to be with this man. I knew better. The relationship was abusive, but I was scared to leave and addicted to the lifestyle his drug money offered me. After my brother was killed, though, I left and started going to church to get my life together. A woman named Belinda suggested your ministry to me. I wasn't saved then, but I did want to change my life. Your podcast helped me see that God loved me despite my flaws and had power to change me. I accepted Christ and now I mentor youth to keep them out of gang life. Thank you for sharing Christ's love and hope with me. Oh, we, I just bless the name of God for this. A river of praise and gratitude is overflowing in my heart. Jerika, I'm so glad the Lord saved you, sis, and is using you to help save others. What an amazing testimony. Can we get a praise break right here? And inspiring testimonies like this remind us that God is transforming lives through this ministry. We are grateful for your support that keeps these broadcasts available online as a free resource to help others grow in their faith. If you are being blessed and you believe in our mission to share the gospel, sow a seed of any size at empoweringeverydaywomen.org slash donate. Thank you for your generosity. All right, now it is time to receive the word God has for us today. But first, a prayer. God, thank you for this precious person listening right now. I know you sent them to receive this word. So anoint me for this assignment, I pray, and let them leave encouraged, strengthened, and knowing beyond any doubt that they have heard not from me, but from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's devotion is You Don't Have to toil. This is the audio companion of the written devotion now available at yourdailycupofinspiration.com. So Daily Cup family, I have noticed a trendy phrase online. It consists of just two words, that part. Those who type that part in the comment section of a post do so to express agreement with a point made in the post and to add emphasis to the message. I suppose the expression is the equivalent of popular colloquialisms like, you better preach, I know that's right, yes, say that, or I'm gonna throw my shoe at you. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe the last one was just where I come from. I grew up Pentecostal saint, Mm -hmm. hand clapping, foot stumping, tongue talking church of God in Christ. Anybody else go to a church Or visited a church maybe where when the saints get excited about someone singing or preaching, they shout out, I'm going to throw my shoe. Well, some people will actually throw a shoe at you. So duck. Others, and this is most common, will just hold the shoe up like they might hit you. It sounds violent now that I'm thinking about it, but it's actually a good thing. I remember when I was in my teens and I was ministering during a youth service 
I had never been to this particular church before. And in the middle of my sermon, I saw about eight different people walking toward the front of the church where I was standing with the microphone and they were all holding up one shoe and frowning at me like they were mad. This was the first time I ever experienced the shoe thing and the scowling and I was terrified inside. I know God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a sister was scared, okay? I didn't show it, but I was thinking, am I in trouble? Are these people trying to fight me? Lord, did I do or say something wrong? Do I need to run? Do I need to cast the devil out? I mean, what is happening? It was scary, but I just kept teaching and I never did get hit with the shoe. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God spared me. (laughs) And after service. I was told that the people were blessed, so there's that. But that experience is how I learned that being threatened with a shoe was positive. It was a traumatic way to learn it, but I survived. And you know what's funny? I lost a lot of my more recent memories when I was in the hospital in 2019, but some of my older memories are still so vivid, like the shoe terrorist at the church. (laughs) Anyway... When somebody types that part on the internet, they're throwing their shoe. No, it's a confirmation that they agree with what is being said. After all, you must admit, it is really refreshing when we find folks sharing sage wisdom on the internet, right? The place where foolishness is widely accepted, embraced, and shared. Personally, I love soaking up wisdom, but not just any wisdom, the wisdom of the word of God. So as I was reading Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, I thought to myself, Jesus said something here that would warrant the that part response. In this familiar text, often used in sermon illustrations, the Savior was over at his friend's house for a visit. Sisters Mary and Martha, who are the focal points of the story, loved Jesus equally but expressed their love in different ways. Martha busied herself with dinner preparations to make sure each of her guests, including Jesus, were most comfortable. Mary, on the other hand, sat wrapped at the feet of Jesus, feasting on his invaluable words of life. Though Martha saw the value of Jesus' teaching as well, She thought it more fitting to serve than sit in that moment. After a while, seeing that she was serving all by herself, Martha got agitated and expressed to Jesus that Mary should have gotten herself up off the floor and helped Martha with all these preparations. Martha was like, sis, you are not that deep. Stop using Jesus to avoid these dirty dishes. (laughs) Let me briefly add, I, I think it neither an unfair nor unreasonable assumption on Martha's part that she deserved help from her sister. I mean, we all want help around the house, especially on special occasions when we have guests and our duties are multiplied. Yet it didn't go Martha's way. Jesus corrected Martha's thinking by pointing out that Mary had chosen the, quote, better part by not toiling and instead sitting still at his feet. Somebody say that part. I remember when my medical situation a couple years ago that I just talked about required me to slow down and stop all the activities I was doing. 
Initially, it was obviously the right thing and necessary thing to do. But as time passed, I started feeling some better and found myself wanting to resume everything I had been doing before. I was used to working extremely hard and going at a fast pace, even to the point of exhaustion. Toiling had become normal and commonplace for me, albeit unhealthy and unsustainable. I was always on the go, busy, busy, busy. So when I began feeling better, not only was resuming my previous pace unrealistic and impossible for me, but it wasn't even the will of God for me to do things the way I once had. And you know what? It took me a while to accept that. The only way I was able to discover God's will for me in this present season was to sit still like Mary did at the feet of Jesus and allow him to give me instruction. A fundamental and valuable principle I learned over the past 24 months that I want to pass along to you is this. Who you serve, which is clearly the Lord, never changes, but how you serve does. Always remember that. Furthermore, knowing how God wants you to serve in a particular season is not possible unless you first sit at his feet and discover his will, something you can never do if you're caught in a cycle of toiling. This is such an important word, and I pray you receive it. How many times do we make the mistake of not getting clarity from God before making a move How often do we just rush to service and reject stillness? Imagine for a moment, if you will, being hungry and pulling up to a drive-through window at a restaurant. Instead of the attendant asking what you want, let's say the drive-through worker hands you what they think is good without ever taking your order. Also, let's assume they have only the best intentions and even customize your meal based on what they believe is most delicious and fulfilling. Despite their good intentions, that likely would go very wrong. Why? Because they cannot know what you specifically want without listening to you first. For example, they might think extra cheese is delicious and load your burger with it, but you could be lactose intolerant. Too bad they wouldn't know because they didn't ask. They may love onions, but onions may trigger your gag reflex. You get the picture. In this context, ask this question. Why do we attempt to serve the Lord without taking his orders first? Maybe he wants you to do things differently in this season. But if you fail to sit at his feet, you might make the mistake of toiling, thinking you are serving him using last season's orders When God has moved on from that, all that to say, seasons of sitting down and slowing down are critical. You've got to get your marching orders and learn what God's desires are before you can fulfill his mandate. Scripture tells us in the first part of Luke 10 and 40, but Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Interestingly, Martha's name is derived from a word meaning to be bitter. And we see the meaning of her name exemplified through her actions in this story, don't we? Martha went off. She was quite bitter and upset with her sister Mary 
for not joining her in working, grinding, and staying busy, even though these are the very things that were tearing Martha apart, making her anxious and worried and miserable. For a moment, let's dwell on the fact that deep down, Martha wanted to be doing exactly what Mary was doing, sitting at Jesus' feet, absorbing his wisdom like a sponge, listening to his comforting words that would soothe her worried and anxious heart. But she felt torn, stuck in a cycle of toiling, doing things a certain way. She thought she had to be busy. She was tormenting herself, and it wasn't even necessary. She didn't have to or need to be doing all that. Could you, like Martha, be stuck in a cycle too, doing what you think you must do that isn't even necessary? What have you assumed that you must accomplish without asking God if that's even what he wants you to be doing? Are you conflicted? If so, God is sending this word to give rest to your weary heart. He wants you to know that there are so many people who are grinding and toiling their way to misery. But you, dear servant of the king, don't have to be a hamster on a wheel, spinning and spinning faster, but going nowhere. You don't have to toil. It's okay to release some things. It's all right to let go. It's fine to say no to some stuff. It's perfectly healthy to move forward past some things, to change, to evolve, to grow. Somebody needs to hear and know it's really okay. You don't have to have all the answers and work yourself into the ground. You shouldn't feel obligated to be perfect, on point, booked, and busy all the time. God is more interested in you making space for the better part. He is the better part. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is the direction you need. In his presence is the healing you desire. In his presence is the love, acceptance, validation, and comfort you crave. Of course, that doesn't mean you shirk all your responsibilities, ditch your job, and drop all the tasks that add value to your life and are important. No, God will give you strength and grace to fulfill obligations, but he is specifically after some things on our plates that he didn't put there, that life doesn't mandate, that need to be cleared from our plates for good. What things could be sucking the joy and life out of you? What actions are you taking that may be a result of you copying, imitating, and emulating the patterns of this world, cultural attitudes, or even popular actions of those who appear to be productive? when in all actuality, they are miserable and bitter and desperately in need of a break. They would rather stop or slow down, but they simply don't know how. They don't know how they can. They don't understand what it means to live without the frustration of the toil. If this sounds anything like you, there's no condemnation, no shame, no reason to feel guilty, just an opportunity and an invitation to change to slow down, to stop toiling, to give up the unnecessary grind, to be more present, to enjoy your life, to reprioritize, to set healthy boundaries, to take care of your mental and physical health, to rest both physically and spiritually, and get to know the Lord our shepherd better, the one of whom David said in Psalm 23 and 2, 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Some trials, struggles, losses, disappointments, and personal setbacks are what God uses as attention getters to make you lie down, to lead you beside the still waters, and cause you to get still in his presence long enough to spend some time with him. You can't do that while you're toiling. At this moment, I just sense the presence of God, and he's saying, hey, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. This passage I just quoted is found in Matthew 11 and 28 through 29 in the King James Version, which is what I'm stirring into your cup of inspiration. As you drink down the contents of your cup, Jesus is inviting you to choose the better part. That part that Mary chose, that part that I've chosen, that part that allows you to stop toiling, that part that makes space for him to speak, that part that gives room for him to comfort and heal, that part that leaves an opening to receive his guidance, that part that is willing to be still long enough for God to pour out his wisdom, his love, his blessings and favor upon you, that part. Friend, there are some things that God can only release to you if you stop toiling and simply be still. Now let's pray. God, I pray for this, my sister, this, my brother. They've tried to do things their way and figure out how best to serve you and navigate life's challenges on their own. But their way of toiling and figuring things out isn't working their way has only led to more questions, frustration, and restlessness. So today, I ask that you please help them surrender their plans and their whole life to you and sit at your feet while opening their heart to receive your wisdom, guidance, joy, and peace they so desperately need. Thank you for teaching them to rest in you and to serve in a way that pleases you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com.